Dear friends in Christ, uh, the question, who am I, is perhaps uh, one, of the most, is one of the most fundamental questions that we ask ourselves. Uh, we might not ask ourselves this question using these specific words, but it's uh, a question that we entertain in our minds, most likely over and over again, perhaps even throughout our whole lives. Apparently, infants start to become aware of, uh, or they start to become self-aware beginning at around 18 months. And, you know, they start to become aware that they are an individual. And then as we continue to grow and develop, that sense of our own identity becomes stronger until, of course, we hit adolescence when everything then goes haywire. There are many, but there are many different things that can shape our identity, and we live in a time when the predominant view is that, is that our identity is something that we can create for ourselves. And certainly there is some truth to that. It's instilled in us at a young age, for example, that if we want to become something and we work hard enough at it, we can achieve it. Of course, it's not always possible. Sometimes there are things that are out of our control that, that don't make it possible. But the idea that we can create our own identities is deficient. It's not wrong, but it's not complete. That's because whether we like it or not, our identities are often shaped by things that are outside of us. Sometimes there are circumstances that are simply out of our control that make something impossible, as I said. For example, it's, a, it's just a fact that uh, the country you were born in makes a huge difference in the opportunities one has in life. If, you were, if you're born in North Korea, your life is going to look very different than if you're born in the U.S. We are all products of a time, a place, a culture, a society, and a family that we did not choose. And all of these things have a tremendous influence on us, whether we realize it or not, whether we like it or not. Another reason why this idea that we create our own identities is deficient, is that in trying to do so, we, we often end up with a very limited idea of what identity is, and a very limited vision of our own identity. What I mean by this is, we take one aspect of our personality, or of life, and we enlarge it until it becomes our whole identity. A common example is the person who identifies himself completely with his job. I'm an engineer, I'm a doctor, whatever. Then he gets laid off or retires, and then suddenly he feels that his identity is gone, or he wonders what his purpose is now. Another example includes the whole issue of identity politics. One aspect of a person is blown up and, and becomes their whole identity. While we can certainly shape our identity, and many different facets make, make that up, our truest identity comes from outside of us. It's not something that we invent or create or shape. Until we accept this identity, I think we will always be floundering somewhat. We'll always feel a sense of emptiness or perhaps dissatisfaction or the feeling that something is not quite right or not quite complete. We hear what our true identity is in today's second reading from the first letter of St. John, when he says that we are children of God. Every human being, of course, has been created by God, and so is God's creature. But at baptism, we receive a different status. We become God's children. And so, as St. John tells us, this is a sign of God's love for us. And it's his love that makes us his children. 
So we're not just his children, we're his beloved children. That is our truest and most complete identity. Everything else is either a false identity, which is certainly possible, or it's just a small part of who we are. And there is a way to grow in being aware of and accepting and understanding our true identity as God's beloved children. And we do that by listening to God's voice. In our gospel reading, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And then he describes what a good shepherd does. He lays down his life for the sheep. I'm guessing that most people have never tried to herd sheep, but I'm told this much about it. If they don't recognize your voice, they're not, they're not going to want to follow you. They have to get accustomed to the shepherd's voice to know that it's safe to follow him. We too have to get accustomed to the voice of God. And we do that, of course, by listening to him. How do we listen to him? No surprises here. Through prayer. We have to pray to him every day. There are no shortcuts. It's absolutely essential. Coming to Mass, reading scripture, learning more about our faith, doing some spiritual reading, praying the rosary and or the Divine Mercy Chaplet, um, spending quiet time every day with God, Eucharistic adoration, which we offer, by the way, Tuesday evenings. These are good and necessary things to do in order to listen to God's voice, to grow accustomed to his voice in our lives, so that we might follow him where he calls us to go. If we don't do these things, then we shouldn't be surprised if God's voice remains foreign to us, if we don't know what his will for our life is, if we struggle to accept the teachings of our faith, and so on. And there are also a lot of other voices out there, all competing for our attention. Not all of them bad, because God can use different ways of speaking to us. But they do require discernment, and that's why it's so important that we listen to the voice of God speaking to us through prayer. And of course, some of these voices out there are bad and should be absolutely be rejected. Some of them come from within us, some come from the world, some come from the devil. Out of all the voices out there, though, it is only the voice of God which will give us true peace and consolation. So let us listen to our Good Shepherd so that we might recognize and grow in our true identity as God's beloved sons and daughters.